Have you gone by to see the oldtimeradiodvd.com lately? Well, all the collections are back that everybody was wanting. Also, take a look at the Extreme Platinum Smart TV device. It is perfect for watching all of your collections. It has so many other things that it offers. Movies, TV that's on right now, sporting events, and so much more. Plus, it's going to save you a lot of money. Now, I received an audio testimony from Lorenzo, who had purchased one of the Extreme Platinum TV devices and sent me this, this testimony. He's 73, so it goes to show you that even the older generation can use this technology, as well as some of the younger generation. Take it away. Lorenzo. This is uh, Lorenzo, and uh, Dennis uh, basically sold me one of those Extreme Platinum boxes, uh, and they are unbelievable. Uh, a wonderful amount of movies, live TV, everything. And it's set up so well through Dennis's website where it tells you how to set it up, if there's any problems, what to do. These YouTube videos are just phenomenal. But what a price. I mean, and this is unbelievable. So uh, you're lucky to get one if you can get one. Uh, I think he's got enough of them. He can probably get you one. But uh, incredible, incredible box. Anyway, you guys have a good day. Lorenzo, thank you for taking the time to send me that audio testimony. There it is, folks. The Xtreme Platinum Smart TV device is worth looking at. Also, all the other collections are there at oldtimeradiodvd.com. Go by today, place your order. You'll be glad you did. Sherlock Holmes, the original and immortal stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatized anew with Sir Ralph Richardson as Dr. Watson and Sir John Gielgud in the role of Sherlock Holmes. Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, with Sir John Gielgud as Sherlock Holmes, and Sir Ralph Richardson as our storyteller, Dr. James Watson. Well, you've so often been good enough to express a genial interest in my singular profession 
Now you'll be able to see me actually at work. Oh, well, I'm delighted, Holmes. It should be fascinating. Ah, but I must sit down by the fire. Do chilly out. Oh, do, do, my dear fellow. Oh, by the way, Watson, why Turkish? Turkish, how do you mean? The bath. The bath you've just come from, my dear fellow. Why the relaxing and expensive Turkish? rather than the invigorating homemade article across the passage here. Well, because I felt lazy and... But I haven't said a word about it. How the deuce did you know I'd had a Turkish bath? Your boots, Watson. Boots? The thing's quite elementary, surely. Oh, no doubt, but you'll forgive me if I fail to see the least connection. You always do your boots up in the same way, Watson. However, on this occasion, I see them fastened with an elaborate double bow. Uh-huh. And so, of course, you've had them off, and someone else has tied them for you. Who, for example? The answer can only be your bootmaker or the boy at the Turkish bath. As your boots were only made and delivered here late last week, it's hardly likely to have been the bootmaker, so what remains but the bath? It's certainly simple, isn't it? Oh, oh, oh my soul, Holmes. You really are a strange fellow. Ah, wait till you meet Milverton. He's stranger still. Milverton? Who's Milverton? Charles Augustus Milverton of Hampstead. In all probability, the most evil man in London. Indeed? He sounds fascinating. I invited him for 6.30, so he's almost due. Oh, I shiver at the thought of him. But what's he due for a living, this strange caller of ours? Blackmail, Watson. Huh? Yes, he looks like Mr. Pickwick. But heaven help the man, or worse still, the woman who's indiscreet enough to get into his power. And what have you to do with him? Well, I've had the honor recently to be consulted by a particularly illustrious lady. Who is she? Do I know her? Well, I expect you know her name. Lady Eva Brackwell, the most beautiful debutante of last season. But of course, isn't, isn't she to be married in a fortnight to the Earl of Dover Court? Yes. It's all arranged. Unluckily for her, Milverton has managed to get hold of some imprudent letters, Watson, which she wrote some time ago to a penniless young fellow in the country. Only imprudent, mind you, but they'd be quite sufficient to break off the match. And you're commissioned to meet him? Yes, and make what terms I can. I think he's here, Watson. Will you let him in? Mr. Holmes, room. will you come in, please? This is Mr. Holmes. I take it you are... Charles Augustus Milbert. How are you, Mr. Holmes? No, I prefer not to shake hands with you, Mr. Milbert. Huh? This is only a matter of business between us. I see. And we can talk of it before this gentleman. It's uh, rather a delicate affair. Dr. Watson is my friend and partner, sir. He knows our business. Really? Well, we need hardly waste much time on it. My position is quite different. You are acting for the Lady Eva, I understand. I have that honor. What are your terms, Mr. Milverton? Seven thousand pounds, Mr. Holmes. And the alternative? Oh, my dear sir, it is painful to discuss it. But if the money is not paid by the 14th, there will certainly be no marriage on the 18th. And supposing I advise my client to tell her future husband all about these letters you hold. <laughs> you evidently do not know the Earl, Mr. Holmes, nor me. I am practiced at this game, sir. Look at this pocketbook. I have eight or ten similar cases all maturing in it. This is how I make my humble breath. You scoundrel. As you like, sir. But there are details here that would surprise you for all your so-called knowledge of affairs. You may remember the sudden end of the engagement between the Honorable Miss Miles and Colonel Dawkins. And only because the absurd sum of 1,200 pounds 
could not be found in time. 7,000 is ridiculous, Milberton, out of the question. Is it? I think not. There was also the case of... Oh, well, no more names, perhaps. Well, sir? Watson, get behind him. Don't let him get out now. Now, sir, that notebook, if you please. You fool, Holmes. Stand back. Do you think I'd go about a business like mine alarmed? Stand back, I say. You too, Dr. Watson, or whatever your name is. Put up your hand. Holmes, I'll... Keep still, Watson. Ah, I expected something much more original, Mr. Holmes. I really did from you. Do you think I'm such a fool as to carry the letters about with me? You only make me more determined than ever. One more word and I'll make it 8,000. And the 30th instead of the 40th. Good night, Mr. Holmes. It was one of my earliest glimpses of the kind of thing confronting us in what Holmes has been good enough to call our partnership. What he would do next, I had no idea. I was hardly prepared a few nights later, and on a particularly stormy evening, for the appearance in our chambers of a tall, rakish-looking young workman with a goatee beard. Oh, good evening, Governor. How are you? How? How am I? Now, look here, my good man. What do you think you're doing walking in here? These are private apartments. I happen to live here, Watson. <laughs> oh, yes, I think I forgot to warn you about my little penchant for disguises, Watson. Just one among my many other accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> you what an appalling night outside. It's coming down in sheets. Oh, what on earth have you been doing? Getting myself engaged to be married. To, to be married? My, my dear fellow, I... I congratulate you. Mr. The Housemaid, a Charles Augustus Milberton. What? I had two Watson. I wanted information. Oh, surely that was going too far. Not at all. In my present alias, I'm a rising young plumber named Escott. I've walked and talked with that girl every evening for nearly a week. What charming little talks they were, too. <laughs> and now I know Milberton's house in Hampstead like the palm of my hand yes. from the basement to the attic. Yes, yes, but home. The, 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 the poor girl. Oh, well, it really can't be helped, Watson. She has to become a sacrifice on the altar of my art. Oh, fortunately, I find I have a hated rival in the shape of the local grocery assistant. He's sure to cut me out at the moment my back turns. <laughs> Look out of the window, Watson. Oh, what a splendid night. Well, you were complaining about it a moment ago. As an honest citizen, as a burglar, I approve of it. As a... as a burglar? Yes, I propose to burgle Milberton's house before the night is over, Watson. It's the only way. I just want a few minutes to change my clothes and get rid of this ticklish beard, and then I shall be leaving you for the evening to your peaceful solitude. No, no, Holmes, I'm coming with you. My dear Watson, you said that we were partners and that I should do something to shake off my indolence. Well, well, we've been sharing these same rooms for some months now. It'd be amusing if we should finish up sharing the same cell. <laughs> you really mean it, Watson? To the death. Well, you're a most delightful fellow. Uh, oh, do you think you could contrive to make us up a couple of masks? Masks? Mm. Masks? In five minutes, from black silk. I have an old umbrella somewhere. Excellent. Then that will be your contribution. For my part, I shall be delighted to teach you how to use a jenny mm -hmm. and a glass cutter and this set of adaptable keys. Oh, 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 wonderful specimens here. In two hours' time, Watson, we shall be in Milberton's study, 
where he keeps his faith. It adjoins his bedroom, unfortunately, but uh, I think he's pretty sure to be sound asleep. My little fiancé tells me he always sleeps like a lord. Is it a bargain, Watson? It's a bargain, Holmes. I've almost got it open. Someone coming along the corridor. Two people. Oh, you take about a moment to choose. Too bad. Quick, and behind the curtain. You can't have been in bed after all. Must have been waiting in the hall for someone. Watson, are you all right? Yes, I think so. Rather a tight fit. decided to come then, half an hour late. I couldn't manage any earlier. My mistress kept me. Well, if she's a hard mistress, you had your chance to get even with her. You tell me in your notes that you've managed to get hold of some letters which compromise the Countess d'Albert. Yes, I have. You want to sell them and I want to buy them. So far, so good. I can use them in my business. Now, as to price. The price, Mr. Milverton, for everything, is your life. What do you mean, girl? Look at me. Investing our bail, Holmes. That's no lady's maid. Great heavens! Is it you? Yes, it's I, Charles Milverton. And don't you dare to speak my name. You've fouled it enough. You've ruined me the way you've ruined so many others. You should have found the money in time. And because I couldn't, because I begged you for two days' grace, you sent those letters you had to my husband. And he died. And you know how he died. Not the finest man in the world. And the letters were false. You changed the dates on them. They were written before I met him. Keep that from me. Oh, put that pistol down. No, not till I've used it. You'll break no more hearts, Charles Milverton, as you've broken mine. You hound. You filthy hound. Oh, oh. Great heavens, home! Quiet man, he's done for. And she's got away, thank heaven. Who was that woman, home? Surely you know that face, Watson. No, but that's it. Oh, never, never mention names, Watson. Now's our chance that we're quick. What are you doing, man? Safe, Watson. The papers in the safe. To save our own clan, and who knows how many more besides. Quick, 
Put that bundle in your pocket, boss. Yes, sir. Give the rest to me. Hurry! Yes, someone must have heard the shots. Listen. There are people coming. Out of the window, quickly, Watson. So we escaped. Down a convenient drain pipe, over two garden walls, and luckily found an empty hansom at the bottom of the road, and reached Baker Street at last. And safety. Our adventure was over. Or almost over. As I lay tossing sleeplessly in bed that night, I found myself more than ever intrigued by the personality of my strange companion. I recollected our first meeting only a few months before. I'd just come back from medical service abroad and was moping miserably about this old London of ours of handsome cabs and fog and gaslights doing simply nothing at all. And then, standing at a Piccadilly bar one day... Hello there, Watson. Remember me? Uh, what? Why, yes. Stamford, John Stamford. Used to be a dresser under you, and you were a medical student at Bath, remember? Of course I remember. Confounded, it's a pleasure to see a friendly face, Stamford. London's a very deuce for a lonely man. Oh, what on earth have you been doing with yourself, Watson? You're as thin as a lot and brown as a nut. Oh, oh. Afghanistan, you know. Uh-huh. The campaign out there, army surgeons. I say, have a drink, will you? Thanks. Don't mind the shot, I think. I got wounded pretty badly. But my wand confounded nuisance from Clavian Artery. Uh, two glasses of South Sea. Invalided Arthur, eh? And uh, what are you doing with yourself now? Nothing, nothing. Trying to solve the problem of finding comfortable rooms on an army pension of 11 and 6 a day. <laughs> well, here's your health, Stamford. Yours, Watson. Here's the whole time. Strange you should say that, you know. Say what? About looking for rooms. You're the second man today who said this to me. And who was the first? Oh, some fellow was working in the chemical lab up at the hospital. A fellow called Holmes. He wouldn't like to go halves, I suppose. Exactly what he was saying. Looking for someone to share with him, you know. I'm the very man, then. What's his other name? Uh, sharing, what is it? No, 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 no. Sherlock. You it for something queer. Sherlock Holmes. What's he do? What do you said I know. He's got a whole store of out-of-the-way knowledge that would astonish the professors. And he's a first-class chemist. Says he's going in for something quite special. I say, Watson. Huh? Let's go along to the lab and meet him. He's out of it there. Let's have lunch somewhere and, and then go on, shall we? Excellent. I only hope it comes to something. I must confess, he sounds quite interesting. Watson, this is Mr. Sherlock Holmes. How are you, Doctor? From Afghanistan, I perceive. What? How on earth did you know that? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Holmes, I wanted you two to meet because Watson's on the lookout for someone to share diggings with him. Oh. The same as you are. Capital, Doctor. You look the very man for me. I've had my eye on a street in Baker Street. Number 221B. Uh, Mrs. Hudson is the landlady's name. Uh, you don't mind the smell of strong tobacco, I hope. I always smoke ships myself. <laughs> That's good enough, then. 
Oh, and I generally have a few chemicals about and carry out experiments, like this one. That wouldn't annoy you. By no means. Well, then let me see. What are my other shortcomings? Oh, I get down in the dumps sometimes and don't open my mouth for days on end. And, um, oh, I have a fancy for revolver practice indoors. So long as I can rely on your aim. Infallible, I assure you. Now, what have you to confess? <laughs> oh, well, I get up at all sorts of ungodly hours, and I'm very lazy. I, <laughs> I don't like too much row, but, but oh, but I put up with a revolver shot. Good. I've got another set of vices when I'm well, but these are the principal ones for the present. Then that's all right. Thank you, Stanford. I'm very much obliged to you. Well, shall we go together, Dr. Watson, and look at the rooms tomorrow? Uh, say, at noon? At noon, Holmes, it will suit admirably. Oh, one other little thing, the violin. You don't include violin playing in your category of rows. It depends on the player, my dear Holmes. If it's badly played... Oh, that's something I shall have to leave you to judge for yourself, my dear fellow. And I shall have pleasure in testing your ear with a few of my own little compositions. Then you will be able to judge my modest capabilities. Till tomorrow, then, my dear Dr. Watson. So we took those wounds together and settled down quite amicably. As the weeks went by, my interest in my companion intensified. I studied his sharp, piercing eyes, his thin, hawk-like face, and I wondered time and again what he did for a living so as to pay his share of our humble reckoning. He was out at all sorts of strange hours, and when he was at home, curious visitors were always calling on him. And then he would ask if he might have our sitting room to himself. Was a thin, sallow, dark-eyed fellow called Lestrade, for instance, who came three or four nights in one week. Once, a fashionably dressed young girl waited on him. At another time, it was a railway porter in his velveteen uniform. The thing puzzled me until, at last, one day... Ah, oh, you wonder what I do for a living, Watson, eh? I've seen you looking quizzically once or twice <laughs> at these visiting clients of mine. Clients? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, just pass me over the Persian slipper, will you, my dear fellow? I always keep the tobacco in it. Thank you. The fact is, I'm a professional thinker, Doctor. A thinker? Certainly. I piece things together, you see, just as a logician could infer the possibility of an Atlantic or a Niagara from a single drop of water without having seen or heard of either of them, so I build rare edifices of deduction from the observation of a few simple facts. Oh, oh, come home. No, it's the truth, I assure you. If you're looking round for a cigar, by the way, my dear chap, you'll find them in the cold couple. Yes, yes, I have a trade all my own, Watson. The only one in the whole world. I'm a consulting detective. Oh, that's London full of detectives, home. Oh, lots of government ones and plenty of private ones, but none like me. I've built up quite a special little connection, Watson. And when any of these other fellows are at loss, they generally come to me to put them right. But just just by thinking about things, I suppose. Exactly. I have a turn for observation and deduction, as you must have noticed. <laughs> that first time we met, for instance, 
when I mentioned to your surprise that you'd just come from Afghanistan. Oh, you were told about it, no doubt. Nothing of the sort, Watson. I just knew. I'd second nature to me. My train of thought ran something like this. Here's a fellow who's a doctor, but with the air of a military man, clearly an army surgeon then. Just come from the tropics, but his face is dark, but that isn't his natural color, for his wrists are fair. His arm is stiff, he's been wounded. Where in the tropics could an English army doctor have been wounded lately? And the obvious answer was in the Afghan campaign, probably the Battle of Maiwan. <laughs> it's simple enough when you explain it. I confess I was taken aback a bit of the time. <laughs> and do you mean to say that you apply these principles to the detection of crime? Of course I do. That fellow in the trade you were asking me about the other day, for instance, he's a Scotland Yard man, one of the best. But he got himself into a fog over a forgery case recently and came to me to ask my advice on the evidence he had. I solved it for him on the spot. Upon my life, you astonished me, Holmes. I've no idea that that was what you were up to. What, what gave you the notion? Oh, natural talent, I suppose. When I was still at college, a small thing happened to come my way which enabled me to solve a curious crime. I decided to provide a taste to such matters, and so here I am now, a professional investigator. That's the kind of thing I deal with in this life of mine, Watson. That, and of course, my music. Well, I never thought of you as a professional investigator of crime. Even when you talked about it so much at the hospital that time we met. Well, one really must do something to keep oneself from boredom. You may find yourself mixed up in it one of these fine days, you know. You never know what you never know. And I was, of course, you know that now, with the Milverton exploit, as I've related it. As the first real adventure of them all, in which I felt myself truly involved. It ended rather oddly, that burglary episode of ours. The very morning after it, after my sleepless night, there came in the little man I'd so often seen before. The good Lestrade of Scotland Yard. Good morning, my dear Lestrade. Good morning, Mr. Holmes. I was wondering... Oh, this is Dr. Watson, by the way. He was asking all about you the other day. How do you do, Doctor? Any friend of Mr. Holmes is, is a friend of mine. Delighted to meet you, Inspector. Well, sit down once you and share a pipe with him. Too much of a hurry, I'm afraid. I just wanted to ask if you had anything particular on hand, Mr. Holmes. Oh, I don't think so. Nothing much. A uh, little matter down at the docks involving a giant rat. Sumatra. You can leave the rats look after themselves, Mr. Holmes. There's been murder done up at Hampton. Wanted you to look into it for us. Queer business. Oh, really? Who's been murdered? Fellow called Milverton. Indeed. I believe I've heard the name. Holmes. Holmes. I'm feeling dicky, are you, Watson? Any details, Miss Well, no. We know who did it, of course. You know? Good heavens. Couple of them, Doctor. Nearly got him there, did. There was a you and cry, you see. They got away, worse luck, where they were seen. How interesting. And what are they supposed to look like? The first one, very tall. 
Why, the fellow, middle-sized, thick-necked man with a moustache. Moustache. They both had marks over their eyes. Oh, calmly straight. That's rather vague, isn't it? On my soul, it might even be a description of Watson and me, eh, Watson? It might indeed. <laughs> you're right, Mr. Holmes. You're perfectly right. If I do, it might be. <laughs> well, uh, uh, will you handle it? I'm afraid not, let's say. Not this time. I know something of this fellow Milbert and he was a rogue and a blackmailer. There are certain crimes that the law can't punish adequately, my dear fellow. And in this instance, my sympathies are with the criminals, let's say. I will not handle the case. Oh, well, if you won't, you won't. I'll get the fellows all right in time, I dare say. Will you, Lestrade? Well, I do hope you may. Pass me my violin as you go out there, the good fellow. I feel deuced lazy this morning. Had rather a strenuous night. Pleasure, Mr. Holmes. Well, good morning, Doctor. See you again, I dare say. Always in and out of Baker Street, you know. Good morning, Inspector. Morning, Mr. Holmes. Good morning. Best of luck, Lestrade. Oh. <laughs> what? Another five minutes like that, Holmes. I'll take myself back to Afghanistan. Oh, no, you won't, Watson. You'll grow to love it, too. This is only the beginning, my dear fellow. Only the beginning. <laughs> the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, based on the part of Dr. Watson... And Sir John Gilgood, that of Sherlock Holmes. The program was produced by Harry Allen Towers.